Welcome to Your Divorce Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified divorce coach, event expert, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that with a powerful planning partner, you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster. Without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a great guest for you today. Miss Amy Filter is a nurse of 22 years who endured multiple traumatic events around a short period of time, some which included things like suicide, loss, gun violence, losing others to death very quickly. And after experiencing her own struggles and dysregulated nervous system, she was able to take the time to begin to heal about five years after the loss of her best friend to suicide. Having the time to remain local instead of nonstop travel, she took the time to discover that people may go through uh, a lot of times of need. And so she ended up volunteering for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, worked in addiction as a nurse, and then spent her time during the pandemic in the local VA serving the military members in her community. All of this created a depth of knowledge related to mental wellness. Her passion in realizing more should be available to those in need led her down the path of research. Realizing a more holistic option could be beneficial, breathwork found her. Immediately, she was able to calm her highly dysregulated nervous system and knew she had to offer this to her community and beyond. Whoa, there's so much here. Welcome to the podcast, Amy. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, I really love reading your bio because it's so detailed and so specific and gives people the understanding that you really have been through a lot of chapters of change, a lot of traumatic instances. You understand loss and you've been in the depths of serving people in so many different ways, medically and then holistically. So we're going to talk today about centering yourself through chapters of change, because we all go through change, whether it's changing a job or changing a relationship Mm -hmm. or changing the depths of like ourselves and our systems. There's so many things that we can experience uh, change in. And I don't know about you, but I found that like when I go through change, sometimes it feels totally chaotic. Sometimes it's a mix of excitement and just fear. So many things. So we're going to talk about that today. But Maybe let's take everybody back and let's start by talking about your story sure. as it relates to massive changes that you felt deeply inside yourself and perhaps what life looked like before and after breath work, like really giving people a feel of, oh, why this? Why now? Why? Yeah. How'd you get here? <laughs> yeah, it's such a story and it, sometimes it's hard to just shorten it because really it's been a decade. It'll be a decade this summer. Um, in August when everything happened. So yeah, it's kind of a, it's a more sensitive year in that it's like, wow, it's been 10 years as far as the tragedy goes, but it's also like, wow, I put in 10 years of work. So yeah, just proud of myself through all of it. Basically breath work. And it's, we were just talking about this earlier as far as how to describe it to people. And not everybody has an hour to listen to my story. So it's hard to navigate, but I, it literally changed my life. Obviously, after my friend Carrie had died by suicide, I 
pressed on. I was in medical device sales and I just had to travel a few states and I had no time to grease. And so I just pressed and pressed. Um, mm. A year after that, unfortunately, that's when I lost someone to gun violence who mm. was murdered. And so I literally took, I laugh because it's just, it's just ridiculous when you think about what our body needs during a time of complex trauma. But I took a whopping three weeks off and I thought I'd be fine. <laughs> it's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, so, it is. But it, it like on the base level, it sounds like, like you said, oh, th- three weeks should be good, right? Yeah. I should yeah. be solid. And, and probably some folks listening to this who are navigating change or going through divorce, sometimes when I say, hey, what I've got is a four-month experience mm-hmm. where we're going to move through all of the healing and things. And really, that's a very expedited time frame. Absolutely. That's a, a pretty short and rapid amount of time to move through the healing journey. Right. Um, but we convince ourselves, like, I'll get the reaction, four months? Whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I was thinking maybe four weeks, yeah. really crossing my fingers that, like, once I just say, okay, I'm over it and on with it, I'm just moving on, on with my <laughs> life. Like, it's going to be quick and it's going to be fast. But like you said, what our body needs to overcome so much, so many layers. Yes. We don't realize there's just layers in yeah. our system that have laid themselves down and over and over and over. And there's really like no amount of time that anyone can assign to your grievances. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's number one for sure. Grief has no limit whatsoever. And so to that point, it was about five years into it. I had been traveling multi-state trying to navigate, you know, again, still go, go, go. And there were some layers of previous trauma that were coming up that particular year that really kind of forced me into slowing down. I don't know, had that year not been so specific that I would have really taken the time, but I became physically exhausted from the travel. Mm. There was a lot of things on the news that were reminding me of things that had occurred. And so my body was literally on fire. (laughs) My nervous system was about ready to crash. And there were several moments in hotel rooms where I would just crash, just cry my eyes out of exhaustion. You know, I was in flight or fight for what, five solid years, um, acting as if life was great. And I was functioning a highly functioning sales rep. I was doing great. But you know, in that hotel room when things got quiet, that's when the tears would fall and life would be a little difficult. And so I realized it was time to take care of myself and um, navigating that change. I did, you know, some talk therapy with most people will do a little bit of EMDR, which is a little bit more in depth in terms of like trauma specific care. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, I was like, "Mm, I'm okay, but I don't know. And so The eye-opening piece for me was um, the three to four years of working addiction and recovery, Mm. uh, taking those calls for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, and then adding that together, working for the local veterans, especially during the pandemic. It was so eye-opening, and I would never take that experience back because it really created a deeper passion to get people to understand that there's not just one way to take care of ourselves. From a society standpoint, you know, going back to the three, four weeks we were talking about, we have such a push, uh, number one. Number two, we have such a need for let's do what's easy. And typically it's 
what we know as well. And so what's easy and what we know is meds. Well, we also know that sometimes those meds don't work. Sometimes we take months and months and years, if not longer, to find a a good combination. And so when I was at the VA, I would see people still struggling. They'd come back every three or four weeks and nothing would change. Mm. And yet we weren't talking about diet. We weren't talking about um, nature. We weren't talking about anything that was outside of the traditional system that they could integrate and feel open to doing so. Yeah. So as I and safe, open and safe, like, oh, is this going to be safe for me? I don't know. Yes. Yes. That was a huge, huge piece of it as well. So yeah, I had about a year where I was just contemplating, like, there's got to be something better than this. And necessarily better, but like, how do we balance it out? Because clearly what we're doing is not working. And provide like results that you can feel now, right? Because a lot of times, like you said, if those meds or whatever alternative it is, it's like it might take weeks, months, years uh, to even feel a difference. And I remember when I went to a therapist, eventually I was assigned like some Ambien because I couldn't, Mm -hmm. couldn't sleep. And it was like, I think I messed my own brain up yeah, because I was so terrified of yeah. what it would do to me maybe or how it would react with me and if I was going to be okay at work the next day that had I known what you're about to share, I mean, it really would have saved me. It would have saved me time. It would have produced effects that I was looking for faster and in real time, yeah. you know? So yeah. yeah, I love that. And that was also, um, just on a side note, that was part of Carrie's story as well. Not that I share that often, but she unfortunately found herself with uh, Xanax and pain pills, that combo. And she's not alone in that process. I learned that in the addiction side of things. There's so many people that are struggling with that. And adding more and more meds just can really alter our our neurology, you know? Yeah. So that got me digger, bigger into the research. And so... I was sharing with a friend one day, just my frustrations of like the process and the system and all of that. And she said, you know, I just think that you might like this. My sister's doing this and try it. And I was like, okay, you know, (laughs) totally like I've heard all of it by now. And the minute I checked out the program that I eventually enrolled in, I just knew that that was it. My gut just knew. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. That's where you come in. I, You were my enrollment specialist. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but this sounds amazing. And I absolutely am just beyond grateful that I did it because it literally changed me. Like I have days sometimes where I am so calm that I don't even know who I am. Mm, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just, real. That's yeah. real, especially when you're a person who is, you know, very passionate or a very active mind right. or type A personality. I hate All to assign it. identities to things, but right. you know who you are out there. I will include myself in this circle. Mm-hmm. But when you start to get intentional with opportunities and right. tools and techniques that you can adjust your well being in real time, you start to go, Whoa, <laughs> who have I been being? How have I been showing up? And then the other wild thing to me within myself was I began to go, oh, I'm choosing to be like this. Yeah. Now, I want to tread really lightly. 
I know that there are mental illnesses. I respect the world of mental illnesses. I'm not saying that this is an end all fix all be all. I'm not saying that no one needs support, but I'm, and I'm definitely not saying that anyone chooses their mental illness at all. No, let's make that clear for sure. I did not have a mental illness, Mm -hmm. but I was feeling sensations of overwhelm and chaos and self-doubt and limiting beliefs and Mm -hmm. things that were holding me self back and stress and anxiety and just even depression, a slew of things based on the different changes in my life. And when I learned the breathwork modality, I went, wow, I am choosing to stay in this stress. I am choosing to stay in this anxiety because now I have a tool. Now I have a practice and now I've experienced option A and option B. And I can literally go, whoa, I'm choosing to not slow down, not choose a tool, not call Amy and get (laughs) breathwork sessions. I'm choosing these things for myself. So I think it's really important. And one of the things I work on with my coaching clients is just that of you have the option in every moment to choose again. What are you choosing for yourself? How are you being with yourself? Yeah. So it's really, really clear that obviously through your bio and your shares that you've been through several chapters and seasons of change. Absolutely. Um, um, not just change, but traumatic events. Right. Yeah. That required like immediate adjustments in everyday life. Yes. And we can't control what happens around us, but we can choose how we respond. And to that point, I had so many people that did not endure trauma, or maybe if they did, I wasn't aware of it, that would just say to your point, well, just flip the switch, you'll be fine, you know, like get over it, move on. And and while I know that was intentionally on their part to be helpful, with a dysregulated system, I was like, Okay, right. <laughs> if it was that easy, don't you think I would do that by now, five years later? Yes. Um, yeah. Like flip the switch, like get over it, move on, move forward. <laughs> You're going to be fine. Well, this is really interesting. First of all, I would love for you to uh, share a little bit more about what is what is a dysregulated nervous system? Let's talk about yeah, that. Right. Well, I mean, obviously I'm a nurse, so I knew kind of where I was at, but it wasn't until I went through the program that I was like, oh gosh, I didn't move on this spectrum. So we have about what, I don't know, four to six states within our nervous system that ideally the overall homeostasis goal is that when we have a stressful event, we can go from one side of the nervous system spectrum to the next with more ease. Mm -hmm. What happens when you're dysregulated is a a variety of things. But in my case, I felt like I was staying way more on um, the flight or fight option. Yeah. So either or people will flight or fight, run or try to fight, get angry. You know, uh, emotions are are hot. Or freeze. Or freeze. Or freeze. Yeah. Right. And both are really obviously traumatic responses. The idea is that we work toward getting toward the middle where we can fluctuate. We have a little bit of balance of both. So when people were saying to me, oh, just flip the switch, my system would not even allow that, even though my brain was like, yeah, I want that too. Yeah. Um, Internally, all the neurons were like, nope, we are flipped this way and that's that. 
So that's where the beauty of breath work comes in. And it's just so simple to explain it like that, I feel like, because you can give a visual, you know, you go from one end to the next, but the idea is, I don't know, whatever you want to describe it, but like take your finger on a map and be able to easily slide to and from throughout the whole day is the most ideal situation for you long-term. Oh, I love that. And I think it's really important about the flip the switch mentality. It's kind of a buzz phrase Mm -hmm. that a lot of people are using on social media and out in different areas of the world. Like just flip the switch, flip the switch. I've heard people say a lot of that. And I understand what they're trying to say, but the point that they're missing is that people are being told to flip the switch in their mind. Right. It doesn't work from the top down. It doesn't work from the brain space to the body. So breath work allows you to get into the space of the body where the switch exists. Yes. And it's not always in the same spot. It's Mm -hmm. not always like, oh, if I just get into my solar plexus or my heart center or my this or my that. The amazing thing about breath work is your breath does the work and finds in your body where things are trapped, where things aren't moving, where things are stuck, where you need something. Maybe you need some peace. Maybe you need some release. Maybe you need some energy. Maybe whatever it is that you need, you don't have to think about it. Exactly. If you think about it, you're not going to locate it. Mm -hmm. The goal is that the switch is on the inside in the body, right? Mm -hmm. And the breath finds it in the body. It's a locator. It's like a a stream, right? It's like flowing down this stream and it finds it. And then when it finds it, it knows. It It totally knows. knows. Your body (laughs) knows that it's been found. Yes. And then with intention, we drive this intention up and into the body with whatever it is that our body has been asking for. And that flips the switch, which then tells our brain, hey, we're safe. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Hey, and we're that, okay. Hey, right. we can we can do something different now, yeah. right? Yeah. And as you're going through the session, you can honestly experience that. Like obviously in the program, we had to become embodied. And so we had months of practicing for ourselves to learn about ourselves. And it's so interesting how every single session is different. And in almost every other session, it's like, I had no idea. It just, what I love the most about it is that it just gives you the depth of insight that you truly, no matter how much you logically think about something, your brain may never give you that answer. All you have to literally do is breathe. Yeah. And whatever needs to be told to you comes up. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. so powerful. Like that, I still can't get my head out of that process. Yeah. Our brain doesn't want us to understand that sweet secret because it wants <laughs> to be used. It's mm-hmm. like, whoa, whoa, you don't need me. But the reality is, we definitely need our minds. Right. We definitely need our brains. But we need our body, which holds the truth to provide all of that wiseness and truth and then send it upwards so we don't have to work so hard for it. Right. It's just accessible and there's more clarity and there's so much more. So I want to talk a little bit about how did you, I giggle because I I know how I did. I don't know how you did, but how did you navigate or react or respond to change before you had this modality? (laughs) What were your coping mechanisms? (laughs) 
How did you navigate change? Well, anybody that knows me, I mean, for those of you who obviously can't see me, I am a redhead and I am a German. So there's that. (laughs) We'll start with that. Um, I would just, especially during those last five years, I would just verbally vomit, you know? Yes. I felt the need. You know what I learned a lot through through the program was that I was a massive ruminator. And that's also probably going back to the nervous system. I would just ruminate on some topic or some feeling over and over and over again and just had such a strong desire to be heard by others going back to finding yourself within your body. So I would say that I would either turn to the German redhead and just verbally let it all out or I would hyperfixate and ruminate on whatever it was that was bothering me. Then maybe eventually I would change, but it would take way longer than what it takes now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's key, right? It it significantly reduces the struggle time. Yeah. It (laughs) significantly reduces the struggle time Mm -hmm. and expands self-awareness. Absolutely. And when we can step into self-awareness, understand and see what's going on, know that we have amazing modalities and tools that actually support us and shift us and change us, then the window of time, I couldn't agree more, is significantly smaller. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean we don't experience it. Doesn't mean we don't slip up at times, but it's there is less of the slip-ups and more of just the personal success and personal self-awareness. I know for me, it was like, I, during change that felt chaotic, mm-hmm. I would go into defense mode. Yeah. I would be very defensive and very protected and very walls and very, at times, a projector. Uh-huh. So, because before I went through self-development, I didn't even know what projection was. Right. <laughs> I didn't know don't. that was like taking all your shit and throwing it on other people because you don't know what to do with it. And it's a safety mechanism. It's not healthy for us. But when we don't realize that we're doing it and we don't understand how to cope with it, we just do it because we don't know any other way. And we don't realize that there's actually something in, inside of us that is hurting, that is aching. And we want our mind wants to make sense of it. So the make sense part is like, well, somebody has to be responsible for this. And it <laughs> certainly isn't me because I've been Never. pain and I'm hurting and <laughs> right. I'm feeling crazy. All everything around me is the yeah. problem, yeah. right? And then we just throw it, throw it, throw it. Then when you feel bad, then for me, I would respond to change by shutting down, mm-hmm. shutting down. Mm-hmm. isolating, never yeah. working through it, just shutting it down and shoving it down, Yeah, which is the worst thing that you can do for your body mm-hmm. is just shove your emotions down, stuff them down. And then I would use um, distraction, right? Just be like, well, now that I'm shut down and I feel shame about myself because I'm done blaming everybody else. And now I feel shame that I did that. <laughs> now I'm just going to distract myself. So you could hear how it is just this layering of self-destruction, right? Mm -hmm. And then we dig ourselves into this ditch and we feel horrible about that. And it creates other situations, which is why when you said in the beginning, you know, I thought it was real cute because I thought it would take me three weeks. (laughs) Turns out we have so many moments of these that have built up over the course of our lives. Exactly. And when we don't heal them and navigate through them uh, properly, they just hang around in our bodies and wait for us to do the work. And that was the the other really interesting thing. You know, I'm like, oh, of course I have the obvious traumas, right? But as I moved through the program, there were certain things that came up. Like I never knew 
that that particular situation affected me throughout all my life, but I wouldn't have known that had I had the actual breathwork session with myself. Yeah. Like, I don't think talk therapy could have ever gotten that out of me. No way. Not talk therapy, right? Now, the cool thing is if you can link arms with a breathwork facilitator, right? Like you, and you can do this modality, a lot of times that kicks up the truth and how you're feeling. And then it's a very beautiful transition. That's what I do in my coaching, right? Like I use breath work in every session that I do, whether it's one-to-one, whether it's group session, whether it's for 30 seconds or 30 minutes, we're going to do that because it's going to adjust something. Yep. Right. And it doesn't always mean these big epiphanies and like breakthroughs. Sometimes it does Mm -hmm. big time. Other times it's like, wow, I just feel better. Mm -hmm. I just feel safer. I just Mm -hmm. feel calmer. I just feel confident or courageous to actually take that step that my brain's been telling me that's scary. That's scary. That's scary. That's change. That's change. That's different. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Overhaul. I mean, you say the word change and it triggers people's nervousness. Absolutely. Contraction immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. So I'm curious just because again, I giggle and I just need to just say the things, but (laughs) the first time you did breath work, I'm curious what your experience was. I will never forget it. I was like, okay, let's try this thing. I was obviously still mentally in a rush, right? So I'm sitting in my my old white chair and I turn on my phone and it was integrative. So it was what, less than 20 minutes total. And I like opened my eyes after doing the session and literally thought to myself, where the heck has that been? Like I was blown away at how I felt it was super easy, which I was obviously very hesitant and resistant Because for me personally, I had tried some meditation and it frustrated the heck out of me. So I was like, "Mm, this may may not, right? So I thought it was super easy. And it's just a sensation in my body that I can never forget. Like from head to toe, that was probably the calmest in my body that I had ever felt. I probably sat there for an hour afterwards, just like, what just happened? I I mean, I really had to process it. It was, it just blew me away. And so I think that was the practice right before the actual program started, like literally two days after. And I'm like, I don't care how I figure this out. Like I'm doing this because (laughs) it just made such an impact. And that was not a full 60 minute session. That was just a quick 20 minute in the middle of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you shared that experience. Um, And that you had that beautiful, unforgettable moment because when I started, I didn't show up for breath work. I showed up Uh for coaching. Okay. And I got tricked, which is sometimes (laughs) what I do to my clients too. I'm like, oh, you think I'm just going to talk for all this time and you're just going to like not do anything, but it's going to change your life. (laughs) Oh no, we're going to get in there. You're going to have practices and tools and all the things and we're all going to practice because consumption without integration is frustration. So if we just like listen to things and take it into our brain set and never use it in our bodies, it it doesn't change. And you'll just be frustrated that your life looks the same, right? So. I was in a coaching session and my coach said, 
all right, now we're going to do this modality called breath work. And I was like, what that? <laughs> like, like you said, like very skeptical, like, oh boy, did I sign up for some woo-woo shit? Because I right. am not doing Where's that. End, I am yeah. not doing that. And I kid you not, Amy, I turned off my, because um, at the time we all had all of our faces on the screen. Right. I turned off yep. my screen, like, oh, <laughs> guess I got to go to the bathroom time for a bathroom break. And I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this like and I and I watched and I literally okay. just watched. Mm-hmm. I just watched people and I saw their breath rise and fall and I saw people crying and I saw people having very emotional experiences and I was like what is this psycho thing? Like <laughs> those people are probably just way too emotional, you know, right. like and so then the next week came up and this is a year long program that I was in. So mm-hmm. the next yeah. week came up, turned my screen off. The next week came up, turned my screen off. The next week came up and finally I was like how long are you going to do this? This is a year-long program, Heidi. Like, are you just going to sit here and watch people do this for 30 minutes every single time? And then I thought, all right, I'm going to do it. So then I started doing it. And then a very good friend of mine was like, what's your resistance to breath work? Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, I don't like how it feels in my body. Okay. So I love that you said that you loved how it felt in your body. Yeah. Yeah. It felt so foreign to me. hmm that my brain said, you don't like this, shut it down. Yeah. But number one, I actually learned later that I didn't actually listen very well to the instructions Ah. to self-permission, go at your own pace, Mm -hmm. go at your own speed and depth. And so I was watching the coach who's been living in breath work for for life, for years. And she was going super speed and she was going super deep and it was creating a lot of the things that happen during breath work, like the tetany mm-hmm. and uh, different parts of you. It's very buzzy. It's very mm-hmm. like you can have a lot of different reactions, hot, cold. Right. And it's normal. It's totally normal. So I had a friend come over who was getting certified breath work and okay. she did it. She did it live. In person. Okay. In person. Totally different experience. Yep. Also, there's not the judgment that you place on yourself of being on a screen with 65 people. Absolutely. Trying to like a breathe and keep up and do it right and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> all those stories we tell ourselves. And after that, I was able to show up and I started to really see the benefits, Aww. feel the effects, love it. Ended awesome. up getting certified myself. Yep. And it was just really amazing. So I just share that for people because I have clients and I love that I had that experience because now I have clients and I can tell. That they're feeling the resistance. Yes. Yeah. That it feels different in their body. It feels different to be calm when your body is just Absolutely. activated all the time. Yeah. It feels different to feel the good kinds of energy buzzing about your body versus the chaos buzz right. in your body. But when you're not familiar, you go, what am I doing with yes. myself? Yeah. Right? It can so, be a little intimidating. Why do you think that people have resistance to, number one, trying it, but then also... Uh, just like doing it. I think it's literally just our society and the way we function. You know, especially some of it is the fact that we're in the Midwest. You're in Ohio. I'm in Illinois. So there's that. I feel like, unfortunately, for better or for worse, it does take some time to for things to come this way. I also think a lot of it is just the unknown, like you were talking about. I've been trying to explain it for what, probably a good six months now. And although I feel like I have it down, it's still like, I think I get what you're talking about, but I'm not quite sure. <laughs> um, and so I think really that just, it's just a matter of a few people like you and I who finally have 
really the other people that kind of said, hey, to us, like you were the person that said, this is where I'm at. And so I tried it. And then you had your person. So it's really, I think the ripple effect is going to start to take over. So I think just from a societal standpoint, we're all hesitant. And then finally, when that tiny little ball starts to roll and it gets bigger and bigger and people start to trust that, okay, this might be a good thing. There's definitely some benefits. That ease and trying something new comes. Yeah. But it comes with some work, some commitment, and some really what I love the most is just that openness. And sometimes kind of like in 2018, like I really feel like I was forced to slow down. That's it. Yeah. For some people, it's an easy transition. And for some people, there might be some things that get a little bumpy or rocky before you finally decide, okay, I clearly need to make some changes. Yes. That is a great point, Amy, because I think one of the things that I really believe as humans, so many of us do is we don't take the preventative approach. Yes. And for me, the preventative approach is moving your body every day, breathing your body every day, taking care of your physical, emotional, and mental well-being. And there are ways we can do this outside of just taking, you know, your daily supplements and like right. calling it a day, I check the box. It's like yeah. there are preventable, sustainable things that we can add to our daily behaviors and daily beingness to better ensure that we live a longer, healthier, wealthier yeah. version of us. Yeah. But so many times what happens is just what you said. We wait until the pain threshold is so high mm-hmm. and intolerable anymore that we're like, what can I do? And then we reach. We reach for the quick fix. Very quickly. Yeah. Or the thing that's right in front of us, or we Google it, or we go on Amazon and we try to just buy the thing that's going to be the magic pill or magic button or magic thing or magic pair of pants or whatever it's going to be, right? Like, I know this will make me feel better, right? But we really, really do. And instead of understanding that we do have these things that are not only preventable, but um, can help us avoid that pain threshold getting so high, So it's not like, guys, don't just wait for breath work until you go through a divorce. Don't just wait for breath work until you make a tough change decision or you're going to move your family across the country or you have a breakup or your best friend gets relocated or your job falls apart or you get a new job or you have a baby. Like, don't wait for those things or don't wait like your friend, right? Like, And so many of the the VA folks that you work with, it's like, Don't wait until the pain threshold is so high that you feel like you have no other choice. And if you do feel like you have no other choice, this is definitely the sign that you can get support right now with a non-invasive, very non-invasive, like a get a dose of this is what I tell people, like get a dose of this because how we do breath is how we do life. And the piece that I love about breath work as you're talking about that is that I mean, it's such a cliche word, but it is truly self-empowerment Yeah, in that you don't have to necessarily wait on a therapist, on a provider, on a med change, um, maybe a massage appointment. Like once you learn how to integrate this and that takes time, but once you learn that this is a skill that you can do 
on your own at any given point in time and you truly are shifting your nervous system. I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing that you don't have to rely on anybody else to do that. Ah, that's so, that's so, so good that you will learn how to do this on your own. And then like, I call it Mm tune-ups like or maintenance. I know that like, oh, when Amy's doing something or I am feeling like, oh, it's time for a tune-up. It's like changing your oil. Now right. that I know how to do it on myself, with myself, for myself, and there's lots of different techniques that we can do in the moments when we get that crazy email and regulate our system right. so that we can move forward and we don't have to have a whole like 20, 30, 60, 90 minutes out. And then there's the tune-up. There's the maintenance where it's like, oh, okay, every couple of weeks or once a month or whatever it is for you, it can be multiple times a week that you see a breathwork facilitator and he or she helps you take it real deep. That's the key. Yeah, real deep. When you have a facilitator, there's an opportunity to totally release. When you do it yourself, there's still a component of serving yourself and being cognizant and being present in your own way. But when I work with you on breathwork, it's just like, I know I just show up and you're going to guide me through the process. And then my body is going to do the work. And you're yeah. going to provide loving reminders throughout and prompts and tools. But I don't have to actually kind of tap into everything. You do the heavy lifting mm-hmm. and the deeper oh, diving I love that. Yeah. with me. Yeah. Right? I love yeah. how you describe that. Yeah. It, it, you're always in control of the session no matter what. But when someone is across the way or in person with you face-to-face, the fact that you know that they're going to hold that space for you and that they're just physically there, it makes such a difference than when you do it on your own. Mm. I've tried it. And every single time I'm like, nope, it's just not the same. It's not the same. Oh, this is so, 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 so good. So um, we talked about why we can't just think our way out of healing. Right. We right. can't just talk our way out of it. But what does breath work do that the brain can't? Oh gosh, that's a really good question. Well, I mean, the breath itself alters the pH through the exchange of the O2 and the CO2. If you really want to get down into the dirty, there's tons of research on that. Yeah. Especially um, in particular with, with veterans, which is what I love because they're all about evidence-based at the VA. So it's coming. Just wait. It's coming. Um, but yeah, I just love that there is a true science behind that piece with the yeah. breath work. Um, I always go back to the clarity. It's just amazing what clarity comes up during the sessions, as long as you allow that to be open. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can try to get in your brain and pick that piece out or find that solution, but it doesn't always work that easy. And when you're intentional with that breath and whatever it is that's that's coming up, it may not have that answer right away, but in time, like there will be something that will be very loud and very clear once you actually keep up with the breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. You, on the note of veterans, you've had the opportunity to work as a nurse in different areas in healthcare and now really tuning into the veteran piece. Why do you feel like breathwork was a necessity when you already have had an existing toolbox in healthcare and Mm -hmm. all that stuff and university skill sets and things like that? Why do you feel like breathwork is a necessity versus traditional medicine practices? Gosh, that's just such a wide open question. There's so many reasons, but When we think about veterans and two-part, the PTSD with the combination of the suicide rate, we 
clearly don't have the answers because that data is not moving. They may say it's the same. It may go up, but it's definitely not decreasing. Mm. So I think as a whole, veterans um, within the system are at a point where kind of like my 2018, clearly what we're doing is not working. Why are we not open to other modalities? Mm-hmm. Um, and to that point, that's a whole other side note, but there are a few other modalities um, that they are researching into that hopefully will come across because I also feel like that is kind of in conjunction with breath work. So I think the window has been cracked and I think they're slowly becoming more and more open to realizing that we don't have to rely on the traditional system, that if what we're doing now is clearly not working, we have to be open to other alternatives. Yeah. And so far, so good. Um, If you just look at, you know, the data that's out there, there are actually quite a few veteran um, advocates that just love breathwork, mm. along with cold therapy and a few other things, but they're definitely a fan of breathwork. That's amazing. I wish that they would be able to get a hold of you as part of a military training camp. Can you imagine if when I you would love that when yeah. you re- get recruited and you sign up and you go through boot camp, a part of that is Teaching the tools. Yes, teaching the tools. Because could there be any better thing than being on the front lines in a chaotic situation and knowing, because we know that there's several types of breath work. We don't just have to go like, excuse me while you're firing bullets. I'm going to lay down here for a second and put mine and call Amy. Like, that's not it. It's like, no, are actually integrative things where you can learn to self-regulate or you come off the battlefield and you're, or wherever you at on a mission and you're able to come back and process it in a way that is not going to shove it down so that after your term or your duty or your service, be that a couple of weeks, a couple of months, or a couple of years, now have a body filled of unprocessed things Mm -hmm. that nobody else around you can really understand and you have nowhere to put it and nowhere to go with it. Yeah. Right. Like I'm so, so glad that you are doing this work. It is so powerful. And I love that, you know, you're the first person that I heard that had this niche in the breathwork industry of really, really caring about veterans and going to those VA hospitals and trying to introduce this to folks. So I really want to get the word out. And if anybody listening knows folks in this area, Amy is just, she's just so, you're so graceful and kind with your time and your contributions that like, yes, she does this for a business and she creates massive impact using this modality. So there's all different ways of exchanging and it's not always a financial exchange, but like experience it and then try to put a price tag on it. Like try to put a price tag on something (laughs) that literally changes your beingness, that literally changes your mental health, that literally changes your emotional landscape. Try to put a price tag on that, you know? And I'm the same way in the divorce world. It's like, man, I try to put a price tag on my program sometimes. And I'm like, I just want to give this to everybody for free. But then exactly. Right. (laughs) But then I'd be out of business and I wouldn't be able to help any more divorce because I need to go back and and get a different job to actually like pay my bills. But it really is an energetic exchange and, and it's worth every penny. And the same thing, you know, we both say that about our time, like going through our breath work transformation, going through my coaching transformation, going through my personal transformation. After I went through all of those transformations and paid people for those experiences, I couldn't even begin to put a price tag on it. It changed, it changed 
everything for me. And I'm like, wow, I thought that was a lot of money at the time. Now I would pay double, triple that. Once you've experienced it and you understand the value of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole different, it's hard to process, but yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Absolutely. Like what price tag would you pay to become the version of you that you're most excited about seeing every day? Right. Think about that. And then partnering, buddying up with people that actually have what you need. Right. To move in that direction. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's, and, you know, like I think you talked about this before, that the the program really opened me up to coaching as well. I mean, yeah. you know, whether we think of primary care or other healthcare systems, there's such a wait list. There's such a, here's your 10-minute visit and let's move on. Breathwork coaching, whatever it may be, like that support that you can gain by having somebody one-to-one and really taking the time for you yeah. is just... Again, it is pretty priceless considering um, the other systems that you know you probably spend more time in the waiting room than the actual visit itself. It's true. It's true. Or trying to figure out the system of how to even book book it or your insurance covers it or blah, blah, blah. But I will say, you know, I, I, I love all the layers that people can try on for size. So if you are in therapy or you are using traditional medicine, buddy up. Yes. Try both. Absolutely. Try the spectrum of it and see, okay, if you're going down one path in, you're not really sure that I'm seeing a whole lot of change. Add this, layer this on, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like add this and layer this on and see what the result of the combination is. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of goes back to um, some of the veterans that I know. It's I forget what they call it, but you know, they have, it takes time to find like the right person the right modality, whatever it may be. And I've heard it before, but there's like a word that they use that's like, you have your thing and you're good. Once you know you're okay, you stick with what you know. Yeah. But they're very open to finding that team. And so there's absolutely nothing wrong with having various modalities, various practitioners to assist you in creating that overall wellness. I mean, I have several clients who work with therapists and they use my services as a coach and breathwork right. facilitator. And the combination of both covers all their bases, mm-hmm. right? And I've even had clients most recently say, oh my gosh, my therapist commented that I'm showing up as a different person. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. heck yes, yeah. you are because you're doing all this extended <laughs> All this extended work, like you're not going to a therapist more than likely and sitting down and doing a breathwork session. Right. No, no. And then talking about the experience right. in that breathwork session and being given the journal prompts and curious questions to sort through some of the stuff that you just kicked up, mm-hmm. you know? So it's really, really interesting. And I love getting the feedback of people's experiences when they give themselves permission to yeah. expand their reach in their healing right. journey. And there's just so much room for that. Anytime anybody has like a new modality, if it feels aligned for me, I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. I'll try it. What's the harm? What have I got to lose? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And I used to be so closed off to that. And then when my life started to change, I'm like, maybe there's something to this. Maybe I should (laughs) not close off things that I don't know anything about. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Totally. I want to just quick touch base on, on a few more things. Let's talk about the duality of emotions. So many times we bump up against change Yes, when we have change. 
and trauma, we try to push away the intense emotions. Some people will even label them as like bad emotions. Mm -hmm. What's your take on this? Oh, this is such a hot button for me. Uh, (laughs) um, For various reasons. I want literally the world to know that 24-7 for the rest of your life, there is duality in your emotions. I think if we as a society can figure that out, we'll be in a much better place. The fact that you can be sad and be grieving. I mean, even today, 10 years later, there are days that are hard. Yeah. There's no time limit. So you can still be sad, undertone. You can cry maybe one minute and then be super joyful in 30 minutes. And that is okay. There's so much judgment and or shame. Uh, The one thing that sticks out with me and forever will was when I was doing some EMDR, I had a therapist tell me, well, it's been five years. You should not be crying. And I was like, goodbye. (laughs) Yes, all your feelings are valid is one of the best phrases we can all adopt. And we can say, you guys, you can say this to your friends, but you need to be sincere when you say it. And I say this with my clients all the time when I'm holding space is all of your feelings are valid. Every single There's no, you should be feeling this. It shouldn't take you this Mm -hmm. long. When they say, oh my gosh, when are the tears going to stop? I'm like, it's okay. Your tears are valid. Your anger is valid. Your sadness is valid. Because if we can permission ourselves to make all of those low vibrating energetic emotions valid, and all the other high spectrum emotions like joy and enlightenment and excitement and all those things, those become valid. If we exclude any end of the spectrum, the other end of the spectrum is also inevitably excluded. And that's what I think as humans we need to understand is that duality is what actually creates the other end of the spectrum. Without the other one, the opposite side doesn't exist. Right. And I think we both can attest to that. Like we've seen the darkness. And so we have such a greater appreciation for the joy. Yeah. So yeah, if I could tell the whole world, like, I want to take all the shame away from having, quote, big emotions. That phrase just drives me crazy. Yeah. Because when we create the shame, then that is a story that we tell ourselves that may delay the joy, the happiness, or whatever it may be. So although I have a regulated nervous system now, I am not afraid to share that I'm angry. (laughs) I think it's totally okay or frustrated or whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, the key is to not stay there, but you can have that moment. That's the beauty of bre- another beautiful thing about breath work, right? Is you can literally pinpoint but the breath and the breath work actually helps you pinpoint in your body where you're feeling. You might be feeling love in your heart mm-hmm. and anger in your stomach. Yeah. And if you can release the anger in your stomach, you will have more room Absolutely. for more love permeating like from your heart. And I've literally felt this transition happen in my body during breath work when I'm open to it, when I allow right. it. It's like the release of the area where it's pinpointed. And then I I think it's probably been you. It's like expand that, expand that, expand that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this one teeny tiny little pin of a, an yep. emotion has now permeated my whole being. And now I can move forward with my day. Yeah, it's just that easy if, if you let it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you and I are both big believers in healing through community. Even if it's just a partner, one person to journey with, talk more why you feel this is so beneficial. Yeah. Um, So many reasons. I would say, without getting too emotional, my own healing process, I felt 
so alone for so long. Yeah. And I don't know, there was a moment and I don't recall when where I was like, oh, uh, maybe life could have been easier if I didn't feel so alone in the healing process. It just clicked on me because I think there was something that um, actually it might have been learning of of some other suicide loss survivors and not that you ever want to compare because every situation is different. But this one was maybe, oh, I just lost that person two to three years ago. And I'm like, wow, you're doing pretty damn good compared to where I was at two or three years ago when that happened. And um, it really made me realize that that is so important. And so then, of course, because I am a nerd and I love my research, I dug deeper into the research of that um, into community. There are, um, it's a term called a protective factor and we all have them. We sometimes may have less of them, unfortunately, but we can work and grow on that. And one of the major protective factors, especially when it comes to suicide, is the fact that people believe that they have a sense of community. And so that is probably the most passionate reason as to why I believe in it. I know that it can literally save lives. The fact that you know, whether it's one or two people that you have that you can go to, obviously the more the better, that's going to help you in your time of need. Mm, I felt that in my throat and in my the center of my body when you said like it can literally save lives. It literally can save lives and it can also save you emotionally. So mm-hmm. even if you're not gone, but you don't feel alive inside, right, exactly. that sense of community as a protective factor, I've never heard it explained like that, but we don't feel safe right. when we're alone. Absolutely. It feels so unsafe and so untethering. And I remember feeling like this in divorce where I just like... I was isolating because I was scared to show up in my sad state yeah. to other people because I had had this identity that people only liked me when I was feeling good. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it felt very, very unsafe to show up in this way that was very unfamiliar to me and this experience and change that was very unfamiliar to me. And I eventually learned that I was searching for community. Yeah. I was searching like, where are all the other divorced women at? Right. Who gets it? Who gets it? It really is. Like I say all the time, like, come to our community. We get you. Yeah. You belong here. We get it. We get it. Because if you've never felt the pain in the way that you feel pain and the way you're experiencing pain through loss of a loved one, like you have, like your friend, I've never had that. But if I ever have, you better believe I'm going to reach out to someone who's been through it because now after going through divorce and finally creating, I didn't find, I never, by the way, I never found the divorced women's community, never found one, Okay. never was part of one, which is why I'm so passionate about my friends are like, you're a great coach. Why don't you do more one-on-ones? Right. And I'm like, I'll do more one-on-ones, but the power of community with people who get it and have been through it at a deep level is undeniably one of the number one things for change and transformation that make you feel safe, seen, heard, and protective. And it is the fastest fast track to healing to be surrounded with people who genuinely, deeply get it. Yeah. There's just such a shift when I express to people, oh, I've, I've been through suicide, especially veterans. It's like an immediate bonding. 
Like, oh, yeah. you get it. It may not be another veteran, but you get it. You get the Yes. Best. Yes. So, yeah. And whether oh. it's suicide or like you said, a divorce or whatever it may be that your situation is, it may take some time, but there are people that will be your people. And yeah. it's just such a lifesaver. And want you. Like I tell women all the time, like on my social media, like we want you, we want you. And yeah. it's not because I need to have the most people ever. It's like, no, we genuinely, we want you because I wanted to be wanted. Right. I wanted divorced women to find me. I yeah. wanted to wear a big shirt oh. that was like, I'm divorced. <laughs> Do you want to be my friend? I Are you so get that. Right? I so get that. That's yeah. why people here on my social sometimes I say, hey, divorce bestie. Hey, divorce bestie. It's yeah. not meant to be cute. It's actually meant to be super powerful because mm-hmm. I wanted a group of divorce besties to yeah. heal through the hard stuff with me. Yeah. And I had best friends. And I had family members. I had those things already. But what I didn't have was divorce besties mm-hmm. who wanted to move in the same direction forward like I did, create their next chapter and keep going, right? So That's such a difference. Oh, this is so, so good. I love you so much. And I want oh, to share, like, how can our listeners get more of you in their life? Yeah. Well, I have Instagram. So my business is called This Little Light Breathwork. Just trying to shed some more light out there. Same thing with Facebook. There's a group out there. Um, You can reach me via email, which is at info at thislittlelightbreathwork.com. So there are three options there. That should be plenty, I think. Awesome. Um, Yeah. And we'll put it all in the show notes too. And you guys, Amy has a special offer that we're going to put in the show notes. You can join uh, the May breathwork sessions. If you're listening later than May, still get in touch with her. She might still have some. I'll do some June ones. Yeah, She'll be doing some June ones and maybe even beyond. If you're listening to this like a year from now, it's totally cool. Just reach out and see what she's got going on. Ask her, just DM her, ask her, email her, say, do you have any free stuff? And she is so gracious. She will let you know how you can get more of her in their life. But if you come to one of these May or June sessions with a friend, You'll receive your next session for free. So, yes, bonus. So, yeah. so cool. That's yep. huge, you guys. That's huge, mind-blowing. There's no reason not to do it. So I have a couple of closing questions for you. And the first one is, what is one thing that you love about you? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I would say my honesty. Yeah. I love that about you, too. Aww, I love that about you. And then the last question is, what does joy feel like in your body? Oh, man. A lightness. It probably has a color of yellow and just like a sense of floating. Mm, That's so good. That's so juicy. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for being on the podcast today and sharing your light and your genius and just just your time and your energy. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, I've loved it. And to the rest of you guys, thanks for tuning in. Remember, you are loved. You are worthy. You are enough. Go out into the world, shine your light bright, and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would, take a quick screenshot and share it now or leave a five-star review so this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at Your Divorce Planner or go to yourdivorceplannerhub.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with Your Divorce Planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Take care.